Welcome to the Off Balance Podcast, where faith, family, and business collide with your host, Dr. Brooks Deming, Christian life coach, intercessor, and entrepreneur. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Brooks. Welcome to Off Balance, a podcast for adults trying to balance the journey of life. Thank you for tuning in each and every week to learn strategies to help you be a better version of yourself. The sponsor of today's episode is Clothed by J. Christine, a Christian-based clothing store offering quality and affordable clothing for the everyday fashionable conscious woman. Today's episode is about the other side of becoming a caregiver. Caregiver is a person who regularly looks after a child or sick, elderly, or disabled person. Caregivers are important to families, especially if the person who is unable to care for themselves full time, if they want to stay in their own environment or if they want to stay with people that they are familiar with. A caregiver is an option to not putting the loved one in a nursing home or an assistant living facility. This topic is dear to my heart because I am a caregiver. I became a caregiver probably about three years ago, and it has been an up and down journey. And I can say um, we're finally to a point to where we have balance. When we first became caregivers, it was very stressful. There was a lot of unknown. There was a lot of adjusting, trying to make sure that everyone was comfortable trying to make sure that mentally that we all were good. So what I want to talk about with you today is I want to talk about five things that you must put in place to ensure that you don't get burned out, to ensure that you don't become overwhelmed and frustrated. The first thing that you have to do is when you make the decision that you're going to bring someone in your home and you're going to care for them, you have to make sure that you are ready and willing and able to establish boundaries. Boundaries are going to be very important for you, especially because now your time is going to be very important. Your time is going to be the thing that is going to make sure that you have enough energy to show up for yourself, enough energy to be able to do all of the things that you are now required to do. The second thing is you have to take vacations. And when you take your vacations, you can't take the person that you are the caregiver of on vacation with you. Um, Why would I say that? Because when you're on vacation, if you take the person that you have to care for with you, you are still going to be responsible for whatever those duties are that you have to do for them in in your home. So you always want to make sure that if you're going to take a vacation, you need to take a vacation without the person that you care for. Now, if you want that person to be able, if they're able and capable of traveling with you, then you can plan a, another trip. But that that initial vacation or at least one of those vacations have to be without that person. The third thing that you're going to do is you have to ask for help. And this will uh, prevent you from becoming burned out. So you want to make sure that you ask your family, friends, siblings, whoever it is that can maybe help you. 
um, someone that can come over for a little while to allow you to be able to go run errands, to allow you to be able to handle some business, to allow you time to be able to decompress. The fourth thing is you have to ensure that you cultivate your relationships with your spouse and children if you have any. You have to do things that you did with them prior to becoming a caregiver. So you have to make sure that you're having those conversations with them. You're spending quality time with them. You're going to the movies with them. Whatever your routine was prior to becoming a caregiver, you have to make sure that you sustain those things because you don't want anyone to feel like they're being neglected. You don't want anyone to feel like that they're no longer a priority in your life. So you are going to have to become really good at balancing your time. The fifth and final thing is you have to make the person that you are caring for feel like they live in your home. You don't want them to feel like they are a guest. You don't want them to feel like they are a burden. You don't want them to feel like they are an afterthought. So before they move in to your home, you want to make sure that you prepare space for them. Their own space. You want to make sure that they know this is your space. This belongs to you. You are not a guest. You live here. So that is very important to make that person feel like they are a part of the family, to make them feel like your home is their home. So they have access to the kitchen, bathrooms. They have access to your home. And so you just want to make sure that they know that, that you articulate that. You cannot assume that the person knows that because they're family or whatever the case is. No, that is something that you have to articulate. So what does establishing boundaries look like? So you want to ensure that you and your spouse are still the decision makers in your home. So let's just say if the person that you're moving in is your parent, you want to make sure that your parent know this is your home and that the decisions that are made in this home are between you and your spouse. So you want to make sure that they know, listen, we we love that you're here with us. We are honored to take care of you, but you cannot come in and disrupt our home. So even if they are trying to be the disciplinary to your children, whatever it is, you have to make sure that you establish boundaries. You also have to make sure that if they are capable of um, cooking, if they're capable of cleaning, if they're capable of taking care of the basic necessities for themselves, you have to let them do it. Because if you do not let them do it, you will begin to feel overwhelmed. You will begin to feel like you don't have enough time for yourself and you will become burned out. So even though you have to care for them, if it's anything that they're capable of doing without your assistance, allow them to do that. Allow them to keep that self efficiency. So allow them to be able to be self-sufficient in those areas that will help you um, not feel overwhelmed and that will help them feel like that they are being productive, that they are able to take care of themselves, that they're not a complete burden. Um, When it comes to taking vacations, if you have siblings or family members that can step in to give you a break, In between your vacations, that would be great. So when you take your vacations, they can come. And also when you want to get those mini weekends in. So say, for instance, you definitely need to at least get away every three to four months. That is going to be 
necessary for your mental health. That is going to be necessary for you to be able to decompress. So if you have family that can step in, siblings that can step in to allow you to take a short break in between your vacations, that will help you not get burned out. You can also hire a private duty caregiver as well as a home health caregiver um, to come in and assist while you're out of town. Um, These people are trained. They have background checks. So you can find a, a dependable company that is credible in your area to be able to build that rapport with a, with a certain person, whether that be a nurse or a CNA, whatever it is, they can be able to get familiar with the person that you're caring for and they can come in and, and just, you know, build that relationship. And so that can be the person that you would use, you know, each time that you decide to travel or each time that you decide just to leave and go to a hotel or go shopping, whatever it is that you need to do to make sure that you decompress, to make sure that your mental health stays in a good space. It's also important that you ask for help. There is nothing wrong with asking for help. Sometimes we get prideful And sometimes we feel like we shouldn't have to ask because they should know, especially if you are the person that decided to allow the person to come to your home and live. You would think that it's automatic that people will come and help, but it's not. So you have to articulate, hey, I need help. Hey, I need you to do this, that or whatever. So you just have to make sure that you don't Uh, assume that people can read your mind. You really have to make sure that you seek help. Seeking help would would help the, the relationship between you and the person that you care for. It will help the relationship between you, your spouse, and your children because you won't be frustrated and you won't show up and give them your last. You'll actually be able to give them your best because you won't be spread thin. You will be able to care for your per that person that you you care for. You would be able to spend time with your spouse as well as your children as long as you plan and as long as you are intentional with your time. It's very important that you be intentional with your time. And the last thing is, it's very important that you make the person feel like they are a part of your family. You do not want them to feel like an outcast in your home. You do not want them to feel like you don't want them there, that you only doing it because you were forced to do it. No, you want them to be comfortable in your home. So on days when you feel like you are just overwhelmed and you're frustrated, take a break. If you have to step away And maybe go for a walk, exercise, whatever it is that you need to do. You always want to ensure that the person that you're caring for, they feel like they're being cared for. They feel like they're being cared for. And I can tell you from my experience, when we initially moved my mom in our home, I didn't know that she required the level of care that she did. So it it was a lot for me. It was a lot for me to adjust. And also during that time, my husband was active duty army. So he wasn't home. So he was gone a lot. And so I was responsible for taking my mom to and from doctor's appointments. I was responsible for getting her established in the medical system here in the state that we live in because she moved from another state to be here with me. 
So I had I was responsible for that. Um, when she initially moved with me, she was on dialysis. So I was responsible for getting her to and from dialysis. And then she got a transplant. I was responsible for taking her the seven hours to have the surgery, staying there with her for 45 days while she recovered. So that was me taking time off my job. That was me spending money um, from my family on food and, and all kinds of things. And so if you are not the person that's the caregiver, but the person that's being cared for is your parent, you have to step up to the plate and you have to help your sibling out because it is a lot to transition someone in. It is a lot to go from child to essentially parent. Because the roles reverse. And I used to hear about that all the time. And to see it manifest in my own life, it has been interesting. And so the first year and a half, it was a lot of round the clock here. But um, after the transplant, my mom's health improved tremendously. And so she became to um, able to do things for herself. And so that made it easier for me. Um, it made it easier on me and it also made it easier on my stress level, easier on my attitude, um, easier on just my day to day. Looking back on the past three years, what I didn't realize was I was essentially a robot. I was in a mode where I was go, 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 go. And I didn't even realize that I was tired. I didn't realize that I was burned out. I didn't realize that I was overwhelmed, that I was depressed. I didn't realize that I was unhappy. I did not realize, guys, that I was so in a zone that I wasn't taking care of myself. I just wasn't. My main focus was taking care of my mom. My main focus was just trying to get her back in a place of good health. I didn't have anyone to help me do it. And so I had to do it. And when you don't have people to come help you, you can't complain because what you don't want to do is use the energy that you need and the energy that you have to argue with people, to try to force people to do what it is that they know that they should do. No, you have to take that energy and you have to best use it wherever else you can use it. So I think it was about a year and a half, two years into the transition, my husband came back to actually live in the state that we are in. And so he became a major help. But that time frame from when my mom transitioned to live here with me until the time that my husband actually came, retired and came back to the state because we were living apart because he was close to retirement. Guys, it was a lot. And I just kept a smile on my face and I kept, and it was interesting because when people would call and ask me, how is your mom? I said, no, the person that you need to be checking on is me. And they would just laugh. And I'm like, no, I am so serious. And so make sure that you have people that are checking on you. Make sure that you have people that are 
genuinely checking on you to make sure that you are good mentally. And also during this transition period, I was finishing up my doctorate degree and that was stressful. We were in the middle of a pandemic. That was stressful. And so we're in the middle of a pandemic. My mom is autoimmune compromised. So every time that I took her to the doctor, that was high stress because I had to make sure that she has her mask on. I had to make sure that, you know, people are not in her space because any little thing can get her sick and cause her to be sick and then can hurt or damage the new kidney. So I had to deal with that. So. I know firsthand what it is like, and I just want to encourage you. The first step is to get some time to yourself. I don't care if you go get your nails done, feet done, ladies, men, you can get pedicures. I don't care if you go to brunch, take yourself to brunch, to a movie, and take yourself. You can walk around a store. You can go to the park. Whatever it is, I need you to make sure that you get time to be able to hear yourself think, that you get time to be able to replenish, to rejuvenate yourself, to be able to reset, recalibrate yourself. And if you are a religious person, you have to make sure that you spend time in prayer, spend time studying you know, spend time myself. I'm Christian. So I made sure that I spent time, you know, reading the Bible. I made sure that I, I prayed. I just went into prayer and that I just had that moment to where I can catch my breath. I made sure that I took a moment to catch my breath. So if you are a religious person, lean in to your beliefs, lean in to your values, lean in to to that thing that keeps you grounded, that thing that keeps you balanced. Because for three years, guys, I was off balance. I was off balance. I had a lot going on with my job. I had a daughter that's in high school. I had a husband that was in the military that was living in a different state. I had my mom come live with me who was sick and had to get a transplant. I was finishing up my doctorate degree. I had so much going on in such a short period of time to where it was one thing after another. It was back to back to back and I did not catch my breath. So for three years, I held my breath. Literally, I look back over it. When I got to the other side of it, when my husband came home and when he was able to help me, I was able, guys, to look back and say, oh, my God, I cannot believe I did not have a nervous breakdown. It was nothing but God, Jesus Christ, that sustained me because I was literally running on fumes. I was running on fumes, guys. I did not take care of myself during that time. And to other people, it may look like I was doing great, but I wasn't. I was exhausted. I was exhausted, guys. Mentally exhausted, physically exhausted. I can remember as soon as I would get off work, I can remember taking naps and I can remember hearing my mom call me 
because it was time for medicine or whatever the case was. So I can remember being so tired and I can hear her calling me. And then I would have to get up for my nap to come and give her the medicine or whatever it is that she needed. And so it was just like a cycle over and over again. It was a cycle. And so it's very important, guys, for you to get help. It's important for you to communicate how you feel. It's important for you not to um, not to hold in your feelings. Don't suppress it. Communicate it. If even if you are uncomfortable with talking to your siblings or talking to your partner or talking to your loved ones about the situation, that's okay. You can journal it. Um, you can maybe reach out to a, a therapist, a counselor. There are so many avenues that you can take. And so I just want to encourage you, for those that are considering becoming a caregiver, I really need you to think about it. You know, make sure that it's something that you think through. Don't feel pressured to do it, but make sure that it's something that you really, really take your time with because it's a life changing. It is really life changing. For those of you that are on the other side, the person has already transitioned into your home. Be of good spirit. It will get better, especially once you get your routine. Um, once you get strategies in place to help you be successful, it will definitely get better. But if you had help, it, it's, it's, it's real better. Um, so you want to make sure that you have people to help you. You want to make sure that you have people that are there to help you and people that can encourage you and people that can really make sure that your mental health is good. So don't forget the five things that you need to do if you are going to be a caregiver or if you are a caregiver and you just feel like things are off balance, you feel like you can't keep your head above water, you feel like your back is against the wall, number one, establish boundaries. Number two, take vacations without the person you care for. Number three, ask for help so that you will not become burned out. Number four, cultivate your relationship with your spouse and or children. And number five, make the person that you are caring for feel like they are at home and not a guest. It is very important for them to feel like that they are at home and not a guest. This concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget the five tips that I shared with you here on today. For more information, you can visit my website, brooksdimming.com. Be sure to rate this episode and share it with your family and friends. And follow me on social media. I am on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at brooksdimming. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to join me next week. I will have a special guest. This person is going to blow your mind with her story. I'm not going to reveal who it is at the moment because I want you to come back. Again, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, be resilient. Thanks for joining. Please rate this episode and share this podcast with your family and friends. To learn more about your host, visit www.brooksdeming.com.